Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Lauren. I'm an animator um, for games and for show TV shows and anything. I just love animation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I do have kind of one small statement to, to make right now, and that's just um, anyone, please feel free to contact me at any time. I would be more than happy to connect, um, be a mentor or industry contact for you, especially if you're underprivileged underprivileged in any way at all um let me be your resource so well, that's, yeah. that's beautiful yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to start yeah but uh so let's start at the beginning so like, what drove you to art what was like your earliest memory of like doing animation or artwork yeah um gosh i guess my earliest memory is uh in elementary school i just at recess and stuff i just love to draw doodle on whatever paper I had at the time. Notebook. You know, maybe the test. <laughs> Probably the back of the test, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I used to do that all the time in school. I get bored and I'd be like drawing little scenes of like good versus evil. It was so yeah. bad though. It was just like triangles and I was like, oh these are the ships and then there'd be like some buildings and I don't know. It, some fun it doesn't matter. It's the part <laughs> that matters. <laughs> exactly. It's the passion. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so then, so what age was that that you started? Um, I, I mean, the earliest I can remember is elementary school, but I know I've gone through, like, my mom saved drawings and stuff since I was, like, a very little baby, so I'm sure oh, I was... Oh, baby, is he really... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be an animator. <laughs> right out. Us. No, no. Uh, but my mom had me, like, I don't know, she's one of those people who just, she just saves everything, so... She has those like little like handprint things all saved and everything, and so I I got artwork from very young, <laughs> young age. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So then from there you just kept doing it like practicing in high school and then college. Yeah. Um. I I think there was a moment right around middle school when I played a game called Ratchet and Clank. It was like an exclusive mm-hmm. for PlayStation. Yeah. And I loved that game so much, and I just really connected with it. And I said, "This is what I want to do. I want to be part of whoever's making this type of thing. Like, this looks like so much fun." Mm-hmm. So that's probably the moment where I like really decided, "Oh, this could be like my life." Mm-hmm. Well, that's good because not a lot of people have that. Yeah. Especially yeah. some beginners who get into game development, they're like, "Well, maybe I want to be a programmer, or maybe I want to be an artist. I don't know." But then they try different things, and then they find that moment, like you did, where they're like, "I could do this forever." Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, did you go? So you went to school for art and animation? Yeah. Um, at first, I actually went to a regular university, um, and that was in Western Washington University up in Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. After about three years, I like minored in teaching, and um, also I didn't finish a minor or anything, but I I did study like um, uh, graphic design for a bit up there as well, and then um, decided to transfer to art school and kind of get serious about the entertainment art in 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 particular, mm-hmm. and went to Laguna College of Art and Design in Laguna Beach, California. Hey, nice. And then that's where you are now, right? In California? Yes, still in California. Still in Southern California. Yeah, can't go wrong with California. 
<laughs> I just moved there four months ago. Nice. Yeah. Right now well, I'm visiting family, so I'm in Florida right now, so like time zones are different, but yeah, that's why it's yeah. dark in here. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, well, most of the people I work with um, during my during my job during the day, they're in New York, so I'm used to thinking in, um, I basically live in Eastern time. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't so, that weird? Because yeah. When, yeah, when we do this podcast, I always say like Eastern time, so I feel like I'm in Eastern time, but I'm in the Pacific Coast. You're like, I don't. Like, it feels like I have more time. <laughs> <laughs> it does well, feel like you have more time. Yeah. I'm already done with work at like you know 4 p.m. and I'm like, yeah. damn, I have the rest of the day and yeah. night. <laughs> and that's over here eight o'clock. I'm like, oh no. I know, that's and then you're just tired, like super early, like an old person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to stay up late, but you know, no, it doesn't work. Out. So. What was, like, the moment when you were, like, I'm really good at what I do? <laughs> I I think as far as, I guess, yeah, as far as confidence goes, mm-hmm. I was pretty lucky. I just have been born with a lot of just natural confidence. And it helps that my family is very... Yeah, yeah. No, no worries. <laughs> um, good? Oh, no, we're good. I just said you couldn't be wrong with that. Like, being born oh, confident? Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and my family's always been super supportive of me. And um, so I've always been pretty confident just in general. And especially with art, like, um, my great, I think it was my great-grandma was an artist. And then it kind of skipped a few generations. And then me and my sister are both, like, in the either visual or performing arts. So, mm-hmm. um you're like, Grandma, we got you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so our family is, is very proud and, and very supportive of us pursuing that. And I, I'm very, very, like, fortunate and very blessed and mm-hmm. just doing my best with it. Yeah. Now, did you ever feel like you struggled to create, like, maybe animation or art where you felt like, hey, I need to, like, step it up and learn new stuff? I think I always feel like that, uh, especially mm-hmm. just before and leading into art school, I always knew, I always kind of had an eye for um, where I wanted to be. And until I kind of reached that point, um, I always felt, you know, the need, the motivation to mm-hmm. work towards that point. I think I did reach kind of like a plateau in high school where I didn't really get much better. I drew, I still like did a lot of drawing, but it just didn't improve. Um, and I think looking back is because of a, a lot of different reasons, but... Um, what is yeah. one of them? <laughs> um, one of those reasons is, um, I think a lot of art is learning how to see. Um, you okay. need to learn, it's, it's not as much, a lot of it, of course, is, is muscle memory, especially if you're a 2D animator and you're drawing things over and over again, you need to be just physically good at drawing a clean straight line or a circle and of course that comes with practice but mm-hmm. I think you know 70% of art is just lo- knowing what you're looking at knowing what is wrong being able to look at a drawing and see what is wrong and know what to do to make it look better um, and that's just from looking at it without even like drawing in the first place and I think in high school, I, in particular, I could look at it and see that it was wrong, but I couldn't quite tell, like, how to change that mm-hmm. and make it better. I just didn't have that knowledge. I didn't have the eyesight 
for that yet. And even now I'm still like working and trying to get better too. Um, so yeah. That's like a never ending journey. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Always room well, for improvement. Always. Exactly. Yeah. No, cause I, I know this is even with me, but like a lot of people will have trouble where they're like, this is my artwork. It's not as good as maybe the people who are doing a great job. So they feel demotivated and feel stuck because there's like a gap between beginner and master mm -hmm. so when that happens what do you tell them like ignore all the other good stuff just focus on fundamentals and just focus on improving one percent every day like how would you go about that yeah i think at the base like the fastest way to improve is definitely fundamentals and life drawing in particular um, I don't think it really matters what kind of artist you are. Obviously, if you're a little more technical, there's kind of the aspect of practicing your technique and practicing learning uh, different software and things like that. Mm -hmm. But um, just any kind of visual art in general, you will improve your eye and um, your ability to create if you study the, the human form and draw mm -hmm. from the human form, uh, no matter what kind of artist, um, you know, even if you're environment art, um, it doesn't matter. I think that mm -hmm. studying the human form is the uh, quickest way to improve, hands yeah. down. No, the human anatomy is, uh, is difficult. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm really good at drawing stuff, like reference. Yeah. But once you give me like a human body, it's like, all right, don't expect anything good. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> but uh, like, what would you say for like me and everyone else here? Like, How can they improve on the human body type? Because I know that's difficult for a lot of people too. <laughs> Well, I will say one thing. Learn obviously learning anatomy is is key. Um, I studied, I believe the artist's name is Michael Hampton. I mean, he kind of has this very generic body proportion, um, and and he, uh, which is a great way to kind of learn like the sheer basics, like what is supposed to happen with anatomy. But beyond that, the next step beyond that is to learn how to push and pull those proportions because everybody's body is different. Some people are a lot taller or a lot wider or whatever different shapes. Like those shapes can come in a lot of different size, shapes and sizes. And um, so after you learn kind of the generic kind of what is supposed to happen with the, you know, human anatomy, then from there you can push and pull and change it around. Um, the other kind of aspect to just drawing well in general is shape. And this is something that I didn't realize until one of my classes, we did this crazy, um, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, um, exercise, where we had white paper, no, thick, like, bristol board, black paper, and then on top of that was a thin white sheet of paper. And we would just take an X-Acto knife, and we would have a live model standing in the middle of the classroom, and we would just carve out the shadows and different shapes with our exacto knife and try to represent what we're seeing in front of us. So it's very permanent, like there's no yeah. erasing. You're literally carving out the shapes. But that like changed my way of drawing like forever. Like now I draw very, it teaches you to be, to whenever you put down a line, you're very strong with that line. You don't mm. sketch, I don't like sketch anymore. I used to draw like sketchy and I wasn't sure and I was like, let me try. But now like you learn to like really see what you're what you're going for and like make a confident line and just like go for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like that just 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 do it you got this 
believe yeah, in yourself. And, yeah, kind of. So it's that, it's that marriage of, of, of knowing the anatomy, but also making interesting shapes. Because mm-hmm. interesting shapes, like everything has shape. And I think that was my mentor's um, uh, motto, <laughs> was that everything has shape. And um, making different shapes look good is an art in and of itself. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, when when did you really, really deep into animation? Was that like high school, college, or, or were you always doing that? So I went to art school for, um, well, it was technically for environment art. Okay. Um, and then my first job out of school was environment art. So I was doing a lot more technical things. That being said, um, the college I went to does focus on um, good fundamentals. And even if you're just, you know, uh, a 3D environment artist and you're making, you're modeling hard surface props every day, uh, they still require you to take um, the figure drawing classes and um, a lot of different, like, wide range of fundamental classes. So I was lucky enough to still get those classes um, as well as the more technical ones. Um, but even during that time, I think it was around my, actually my senior project, which I started my junior year. <laughs> wow, you were ready. I was an overachiever, yeah. <laughs> well, at that point, I actually was working and in school at the same time at that point, because I had been in school for like seven years already, and I was just like, ah, really? I can't be. You mean like yeah, college had, school? Yeah, 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 because I had gone oh to a goodness. previous, I went to that school beforehand. Oh, yeah, the normal Washington. school and then there. Okay. Right. So at that point, I was just like, ah, just, like, I want a job. Like, I, I had landed an internship, which turned into a part-time while I was in school. And then as soon as I graduated, then I went full-time. Um, and so at the time, I was just super motivated. And I don't know, for me, the busier I am, the more productive I am, <laughs> which is, seems weird, but that's the way it works for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was super busy because I was working, like, part-time and at school full-time. And I was like, okay, let me... I want my senior, I have a clear vision for my senior project. So I started that my junior year. Um, and that project had a lot of animation in it. Because so I was making like a kind of a video game trailer. And okay. Yeah. And, I want to um, see that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on my website. It's it's just uh, um, Gravity Falls. It was, I, I kind of oh, I modeled yeah. Gravity Falls in 3D yeah. and made like a fake trailer for it um as if it was like a video game um this is sick thanks yeah i'm looking at it right now thanks nice. yeah it was, it, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun um and i think that's probably the moment that uh i started to really enjoy 3d animation to be fair that project came out of another failed project that i unfortunately can't talk about because it was part of my some of my professional work okay. um, but during that failed project well, it was failed because it just, you know, never saw the light of day. A lot of complications. This in this industry, stuff gets canceled sometimes. Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that was the first time that it had happened to me, and it it really like kind of broke my heart because it was my heart was in it. I really loved that project, mm-hmm. but out of that kind of frustration, and because I was doing animation in that in that project, I was like, let me do my own thing. I'm in charge, you know. I can cancel it if I want or keep it if I want. It's up to me. So that's why I did Ooh, I like the Gravity Falls thing. <laughs> yeah, because um, I just wanted to, I had the chance to like be in charge of my own project. And I had that kind of clear vision after, like in contrast to the failure of the other project. 
um, that kind of gave me clarity as far as what to do next. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's <laughs> couldn't ask for like. See, like life works in mysterious ways, and it usually is in your favor if you see it that way. You're like, this was perfect. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control how you react to them. So there you go. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but let's go back to that moment when your heart was broken. How did you like deal with that emotion-wise? Yeah, you I agree. Very, I was just very frustrated. I mean, it's work. Like, it's not like a family member, you know, yeah. emergency or something like that. Um, I realize it's just, it's just a career. You know, there's obviously more important things in life. <laughs> but, um, you know, that being said, it was, it was challenging um, realizing that that wasn't gonna go forward. Um, but that's, I don't know. In the past, like every time I have a frustration like that, I tend to do my best personal work. Um, okay. Because it gives me clarity as far as what I want, because I can clearly see what I don't want because it happened, and I it's easier for me to ask myself like, okay, well, what if if this were perfect, a perfect world, like what do I, how would I want have wanted this to go, and then I just like am super motivated out of that <laughs> frustration. That's deep, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So then you just go like full force. So you just wake up every day ready to get after it. Yeah, I, I kind of am very <laughs> easily fueled by anger, <laughs> creatively, creatively. Well, that's good. <laughs> you ever made any like angry drawings or animations? I think your turbulence one might be. Like, that was hilarious. <laughs> I loved that one where he's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah. No. I, I mean, yeah. Just kind of whatever comes out of my heart. I think. A lot of my um, inspiration comes from things around me, um, but I can talk about that maybe later. But um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm losing my train of thought. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I was just making a joke about the whole. You probably put anger in your art. Oh, in my and art. And I mentioned the uh, turbulence. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, I guess like the the emotion is just a fuel to my creativity, but not quite so like literal mm -hmm. I don't yeah, make sense make a lot of like angry dark things but who knows like I might do some stuff like that in the future but it's it's yeah. less of like a literal like let me draw this emotion specifically but more like that emotion fuels my desire to create something cool mm -hmm. nice and now when you were studying out in school did you also study outside of school like your own like self-education I think I, yeah, school kind of started that, that motivation in me to learn on my own because I realized that art school, even the best art school in the nation isn't going to be able to teach you everything you need or want to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because everyone's different and also no art school is perfect and also nobody has to go to art school. Um, and there's so that. much, yeah, there's so much you can learn. Uh, like especially with this age of the internet where everyone is sharing the process and so I, I definitely um, in art school started looking at you know what how are other people doing this and um, yeah I did study I remember I did study like animation fundamentals not not from my school though I could have taken a class at school I learned it on my own I picked up I picked up a, a book about it and um, Richard Williams is like kind of the the basic textbook that everybody <laughs> reads mm -hmm. on animation and uh, studied that and, and that helps. But um, among many other things that I, that 
I learned and picked up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Aaron just joined. He's one of the co-hosts. So oh, cool. he might ask you questions from time to time. Uh, so I was going to ask you about like the feedback and, and what would you say about receiving feedback for your artwork? Should you always listen to what people say? Should you take into consideration? How do you go about that? It's a great question. Um, I think just first of all, as far as emotion goes, it can be easy to, if you receive negative or, or critiquing feedback, it can be a challenge. Um, but I think it's so important, um, especially as um, a non-fine artist, like if you're making art for a client, it's very important to be able to separate yourself somewhat from your art and be able to take that critique because that's part of any job um, after school and at any point, like anyone is gonna, a lot of people are, if, if people are looking at your art, they're gonna say something. And so I think it's very important to learn as early as you can how to separate your feelings um, from, at least from um, critique and to try and look at your own work objectively if you want to improve um, in the eyes of your audience. Of course, if you're a fine artist, that's a different story. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're trying to cater your art to an artist as it is with as it is with um, entertainment art, then you have to be able to take critique. Um, now, obviously, like you have to look at where the critique is coming from. If it's coming from, um, obviously, if it's coming from someone who is also an artist and you look up to their work, listen intently, mm -hmm. <laughs> listen closely. At least for me, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, um, if it's coming from someone who you consider to be your audience, then that's also super important. They may not know quite what they're talking about if they're not an artist, but they still know your audience does have an eye for what they what they enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, not all people in the audience know what they want because a lot of times as a creator creating something very original, you will come up with something that they didn't even know they wanted until they saw it. And they're like, wow. So it's not necessarily... Um, a be-all, end-all, but um, it, I think it's very important to listen to what an, someone from your audience might say about your work, and then anyone else, um, it depends, on, you know, just think critically about who who is, is giving you critique, and, um, you know, what use it can be to you, whether, you know, whatever whatever use it is, I think any opinion is, is definitely going to be helpful just in improving your art in, in, in some way, so... Have you ever run into the scenario where somebody who's your competition critiques you just to be a troll? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but I think that would be great. I like a challenge. I'm a fighter. And, nice. <laughs> um, a fighter in terms of I, I like to use stuff like that to just improve and get better. So uh, I welcome critique, especially from competition. Uh, show me how I can improve. <laughs> So I look at your Instagram and uh, do you make the stuff that you want to make or do you kind of make it for like an audience? So I think most of my Instagram is, yeah. especially the most recent stuff is from the, I kind of had two main frustrations in my career and the most recent one was kind of this past year and that's what a lot of that work came out of and that frustration was from the fact that I was doing uh, environment art and I, I, it was this kind of challenge of I'm doing my dream job, but I'm not enjoying it. And there's, you know, a lot of challenges in this industry as a whole. And I was kind of struggling with a lot of things like that. Um, and so out of that frustration, 
I was creating this art to uh, discover what it was that, like to kind of repivot my career into something that I was passionate about again. Um, and so that was what directly what that art was about. It was not necessarily about an audience. It wasn't trying to, you know, get followers or anything like that. I was trying to see what I enjoyed making um, and then pivot my career around whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. I was literally just like drawing inspiration. And in those particular cases, the, the animations, the inspiration is comes directly from the audio, um, which comes from like different podcasts that I listen to different, um, uh, I, 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 as I'm, as I'm like, you know, present the internet and, and watching shows and listening to music and stuff like that, I always save clips that I really can see an animation for. And so I have this whole list of audio and I draw from that when I, when I animate. And so that's, yeah, what the inspiration for that came from. Okay. That's really cool. So when did, was the moment when you were like, I'm done with this, I need to change and make the pivot? Did you, did you have like a moment, a day, or was it just building up? I think it was definitely more gradual. It was it was a gradual change, um, but it did come to a crossroads where it was very difficult for me to go to work every day. I was very frustrated, um, and and I, I did kind of realize that it had been building up and it had reached that point. It still took me about a year uh, while I was creating these um, side projects in my free time and applying to a lot of different places. It took me about a year to actually like land my next gig. Um, so it was it was a challenging time, but uh, I have made my some of my best work out of that time. So, I don't know, trial by fire, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's usually when you reach like your lowest point when like you're open to the greatest change, so you're probably open to like make new art, better things, try new things. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what advice would you give for people who also feel in the same way you felt? What were the steps you took? Um, <laughs> I was frustrated and I just channeled it into there you go. channeled it into my artwork. I guess as far as like actionable items, mm -hmm. um, I had I kind of got I I rearranged my time to mm -hmm. reflect what my priorities were at that point in my life. Um, at that point, I was focusing on my career, and I still kind of am. Obviously, there are I I believe there are more important things to life than than that, but that is a big goal for me. And at that point, I kind of sacrificed a lot of my social life and everything else and, and time um, for my career because I was trying to uh, change it in a different direction. And it's a challenging thing to do, especially here in LA, where everyone is so talented. There's a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. It's very challenging to get um, to get the kind of job that I wanted. Um, so I just sacrificed as much time in the most strategic way that I could. And one thing that I did um, that may or may not work for everybody, it was kind of crazy. But I went to, I would get home from work and I noticed I was just very exhausted um, and frustrated. And I just didn't have a lot of energy to create, start creating my own work in, in that time and that free time that I had. So I was thought, well, I'm tired. I might as well just go to bed now. So I would go to bed at like 7 p.m. And then I wake up like super early, but still get plenty of sleep. I got up at like 4 or 5 a.m. the next morning. And I got plenty of sleep. Um, but I would then have a lot of time in the morning to work on my own stuff before going to 
my uh, my job during the day. Um, and so that kind of gave me a lot of time. And I realized I woke up with a lot of energy and a lot of ideas and um, helped me create some of my best work. So it's just something that I found worked for me. But I think it's definitely different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, from what it sounds like is you made sacrifices. So like, I did. Take away social time, take away my normal like sleep schedule so that mm-hmm. way I can perform and create art that's going to be meaningful to me and maybe help me get out of this funk. Yeah, and you have to think about what what is important to you in your life. Like time, you know, you you only have 24 hours a day and you can choose you can spend that time how you want. Um, you know, obviously I sacrificed a lot of my social time and my family time, but um, I think that that's not necessarily that you know, that doesn't have to happen for everybody. Like I could have also spread that that period of time out even longer so that um, you know, I I I could have evened it out a little bit and not been so extreme with with my time management um but that's just who I am I I'm either super hyper focused and I can't focus on anything else I just need to focus on kind of one thing at a time um or I'm relaxed and uh I can't hardly get any work done so I'm kind of one or the other and at that point I was like hyper focused and so that's not necessarily the case for everybody I would not necessarily recommend that for everybody it's probably not super healthy <laughs> but it's just what what happened to me at the time yeah i mean you got a lot of sleep so i, I guess it's kind of healthy i yeah I did, friends, but you know <laughs> right right mentally it may not have been that healthy but i did try to make sure that i got good sleep and was eating right and taking care of my physical health in that way so yeah it's very important to remember that stuff a lot of i i had a few teachers in the past who would say the opposite that um you know you have to sacrifice your life art is like live breathe and and bleed art and like Mm -hmm. i i don't know i don't think that's healthy for any human being um (laughs) you're like i'm not the bitchy i'm not picasso (laughs) i just want to make games (laughs) i think that you can be a da vinci and a picasso with with balance like there's a way to get to that point with a lot more balance in your in your life um I think in the past, like there are artists that you that we look up to that are fantastic at what they do. But especially if you're a storyteller, um, it's important to live your life so that you have better stories to tell. I've noticed that that helps me out a lot as an animator. Is when I, you know, get out there and live my life and spend some time investing in other people that I tend to be, not only like improve my own health mentally and physically, but it also improves my art. So I think it's very important to get out there and live your life as well, not just, you know, heads down in, in your, you know, art books and, and drawing all the time. Like, not, I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it might go with the fact that if you study art for a long time, all you're going to do is recreate the art that you're studying. That's If you go out there and experience life, then you'll create something more from your experience, something new. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So... With going back to the Instagram, you seem to be very energetic in your Instagram, crazy, funny, and a happy person. Do you have an opposite side as well? What do you mean, like a not, like a, <laughs> like a not crazy, not as yeah, funny? I guess so. Yeah, this is one of the questions from one of my co-hosts. So she was like, yeah. she dived deep into it. She was like, ask this question. So I'm not <laughs> sure what she meant by what opposite side you have, but I'm assuming it's like maybe you have a side where you're not like that, like maybe behind the scenes, or I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I think, 
I think I definitely do. There's some projects that I, I really want to make that are more dark and a little more, the acting and stuff is a little more subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do definitely have a, a, a taste for stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, and my next project I'm working on is definitely different from things that I've done in the past. So, yeah, just kind of whatever whatever I'm inspired by at the moment, I just I just kind of go with the flow. <laughs> so, who knows? I think in the future I, I could definitely explore a lot of different types of art. Um, yeah. Well, does that scare you to do something new? I think it's exciting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think I, I like get bored answer. doing the same thing for too long. And it's just not natural for me, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't know what lies in the future. I'm very young and very early in my career, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely don't know everything that I'm talking about. <laughs> but, Do we all? Um, I know, right? Um, but but that being said, like, yeah, I'm, I'm very open um, to you know where where my art will take me. But I'm trying to be open-minded and just kind of let it happen and, and not try to control it or anything. Mm-hmm. Now, you put a lot of comedy into your art. Where does it come from? Is there a specific reason why you love it so much? It's a great question. Well, it probably stems from my original inspiration, which was the game Ratchet and Clank. It had a lot of comedy and humor in it, and it just happened to be something that I really enjoyed. And since then, I, I still really enjoy um, comedy and stuff. It's, it's definitely a huge part of who I am. Um, so naturally it comes out of my art, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I can see that definitely with the, uh, I think it was one with, uh, Troy Baker and Nolan North. You made a little oh, like yeah. Independence Day one. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> How long did you take you to make some of those animations? So those ones, um, most of the ones that were made, yeah, over that past kind of 2019 period were made, mm-hmm. um, each one was made over the course of a month. And that was kind of my goal was to try something out, just take a month, a good chunk of time. A month is a pretty good time to do it. And then at that point, move on to the next thing. Because um, okay. I had a lot of ideas. And like I said, I save a lot of sound files and sound bites. And I had so many ideas. I still do have so many ideas for all those sound bites. So I just wanted to try and knock as many of those out as I could, but still kind of get to give myself enough time to get to the quality that I'm decently happy with before moving on to the next one. So yeah, each of those um, took about a month to create. Mm-hmm. So I just put it together. You say like sound bites. So you just take like audio that you find, and then later on you just build an animation for the audio that you've saved. Yep, yep. So, so you know, cool. I'll be, yeah, I'll just be like listening to a podcast, and then um, you know, there's a part that I really like, and I'll just kind of like either write down the timestamp or come back to it later and like kind of chop it out and put it in a folder. So I have a folder just full of little sound bites from totally random things. <laughs> nice. And so with the um, Gravity Falls, I, I can tell you have a, like you love do you, you love Cartoon Network and like yeah. all the shows on it. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever done like a Ben 10 animation? No, that's a great idea though. Yeah. I didn't watch it too much as a kid. It kind of like somehow it just kind of like skipped me. I no. I saw a lot of the other shows, but I do love it. Like it's it's very cool. Mm-hmm. It'd be so cool cuz then you technically Ben 10 can turn to anyone, so you can make that, you can do something with that, turn into maybe all your old, like, animations in one little video. <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's a great idea. 
So you mentioned mentors before. How important are they, and should every artist get a mentor? Um, yeah, I think that uh, mentors can be extremely formative, um, and they definitely, for me, have helped me speed up my improvement. Um, if I had no mentors up to this point, I would not be... I would be like maybe half as far along in my art progression as I am now. Um, I, I think a mentor serves to uh, speed you up and teach you things that you wouldn't normally see on your own. Um, uh, I would I would say if you're an artist, definitely seek out a mentor. Um, it's extremely ben- beneficial. And again, I'm available <laughs> to help out. <laughs> I'm, again, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Um, and I don't, and I'm not like making money or anything off of it. I'm not charging. Um, uh, and neither do I have unlimited time either, but, um, I want to be, I want to, you know, be there for anybody who might need, you know, some, some advice, uh, or what little advice I can give. Like I said, I'm not, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know everything, but that's yeah. completely true in the realm of programming as well. I mean, somebody right. who can, no, you have to understand enough about your own craft to be able to, you know, benefit from the advice, you know. But, but yeah, them being able to see and remember, hey, I remember when I was at that point, and this was like the key insight that helped me move to the next level, right? Totally, a hundred percent. Now, after school, what was your first job, or how was the first interview like? Yeah, like I said, it, I it kind of overlapped for a bit there for like a year and a half. Um, I had an internship. I was applying to internships my sophomore, well, yeah, I was in art school for like four, three-ish years, four years? Anyways, I can't really keep track anymore. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's art school. It's not like it's real school, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a jumble for me because at the end I was like half- I was kind of like petering out. I was like, my, my school kind of dropped off as my work increased. So it's a little bit fuzzy in my brain. But um, yes, I started applying for internships, I think around like the second year that I had been in art school. And uh, I also want to reiterate that I was applying and I, I had to keep at it for about four to six months I was just applying and applying and it took a long time to actually land an internship um so to anybody who's looking for an internship right now uh stick with it you just have to um listen to feedback that you get if you get any (laughs) sometimes they don't give you feedback Um, but listen to feedback and keep applying eventually one you know something will come through um and it might not be what you expect but you know run with it but um, yeah, I just applied for a long period of time and eventually uh, I got um, an internship with a company called Servios and um, ended up making uh, games for VR with them. And it, ter- from what it went from an internship to a career or to part-time and then to full-time. Um, and uh, yeah, for a time there, uh, another part I would add is for, for a little time in there while I was kind of juggling both school and work, um, the question came up a lot as far as whether or not I should graduate um, or just kind of stop, stop stop going to art school and just full-on work. Obviously, this industry doesn't, at least in art, I don't know about other uh, 
fields, but as far as um, as far as environment art, which is what I was doing at the time, and animation in both video games and um, in uh, uh, animation for TV, I think it's probably the same for feature as well. It doesn't matter. Um, they don't when they're looking for candidates. They don't really care like where you graduated from. They care about your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I had kind of that dilemma of like, is it worth it to graduate or should I just like, you know, start working full time? But for me personally, I'm a very academic person and I, I, I do have a wide variety of interests, though I do love art and I do love animation. I, I wanted the opportunity, should I change my mind in the future? I wanted to at least have some sort of degree to show that like I, you know, completed this thing. So for me personally, it was kind of an important thing and I wanted to complete it but it's not required at all to get a job as an artist in the entertainment industry. So it, it just depends, I think, um, if you're in that situation, it depends on who you are and what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Well, that was well said, because there's a lot of people who are like, I don't know if I should go, or they don't have the money, or like maybe I can learn it online. But really it comes down to is like, can you make what they need you to make? <laughs> can you totally. do it well, can you do it in, on time, and are you a good worker, like are you you're a good person to, a team player, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of different ways to get there, and it looks different for everybody. Um, art school certainly helps, um, but it's not necessarily the be-all, end-all. Not everyone can afford it. It's probably not a great idea for everyone to pursue something like that, especially this day and age. Like you said, like the Internet has so much, uh, mm-hmm. so many different options, and um, there's a lot of ways you can learn and teach yourself and um, find mentors that are apart from an art school or, you know, any, any type of schooling, but it really, you have to weigh your options and see what's, what are your personal goals and what is best for you. Mm-hmm. That's, it's hard for some people, but it's just like, yeah, sit down, write down, what do you want? Who are you? Where you want to go? And then take a, take a day, go, go somewhere and just like really think about yourself and, and your goals because yeah. your life depends on like you, where you want to go, your happiness, really depends on what you the choices you make today and you might have to make sacrifices so if you don't go to school you might have to sacrifice a lot of time to get to the level because you have to be disciplined you have to like find resources because usually school the way the good thing with school is it hands you out like step by step how to do certain things so you don't have to worry about all that totally totally. you have to figure out where you're going because i know a lot of people get stuck because then they go i'm not going to school so let me just like learn everything and even i trouble with that was like let me learn a thousand things and then i'm like I'm not good at any of them. I'm just a little bit good at them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's it's not easy, but stick to it, too. All the game totally. that these students, you got this. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Our school has its benefits, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you transition from intern to part-time? Did they tell you? Did you ask? Um, they told me. They said, you know, uh, I think... They were they were doing like a summer internship program, um, and uh, at the end of it, they offered everyone a part time position. So that's really cool. Yeah, it, we were really fortunate. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so then you worked there for how many years? Like three and a half? Something yeah, like almost that. four. Almost four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then where do you work now? Ter- terrible posture games. Yeah, terrible posture nice. games. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> is it good? My posture is terrible, um, <laughs> but that's my fault. <laughs> Uh, it's great it's it's very fun yeah I mean both both of the places I worked previously I have you know I I have had so many great experiences in in both places so 
Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely loving where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give for artists who want to get like to where you are? Like a nice job where they love it and doing what they want to do. Um, I would say be patient. It takes a lot of time um, and effort. Uh, I mean, I've been drawing my whole life and I'm in my like late 20s at this point and uh, you know, I've finally just started to barely kind of break in. Um, you know, and it's a roller coaster ride. Like things go well and things go poorly and things will go uh, according to how you expect and then sometimes not according to how you expect. Um, but if you remain open-minded, I think that that's definitely always for your benefit. Um, one story I would share that, like, at least helped me learn uh, and helped me progress is um, this kind of happened with both uh, my internship and my next job is at the beginning while I was just starting out or even before that as I was applying or being reached out to for the job. Um, I didn't necessarily think very much of it. I was like, oh, this is cool, but, like, it's not my ultimate goal. You know, I wanted to work for the company that made Ratchet and Clank, right? That was my that was my ultimate goal. I was like, this is cool. Maybe it's a stepping stone or something. I didn't have high expectations. But um, that being said, I still was like, okay, maybe it'll turn out cool. I don't know. We'll see. And it, it turned out, like, a lot way better than I thought, Um and I learned so much out of the situation, and uh, I learned like so much more about like what I wanted to do as an artist, and um, you know where where I wanted to go uh, with my career. And I, I'd say there's it, it's so important to just stay open-minded. Um, whatever opportunity you're given, whether you whether you um, whether this opportunity is one that you know, inspires you and you're excited about, or if you're not, um, because you never know where it's going to go. And if it goes up, obviously, that's really cool and really fun. But if it goes down, that's equally good, because it gives you clarity as far as what your next move will be. Like, if you if you land an opportunity, and it turns sour, that's one of the best learning opportunities ever, because that that really gives you clarity as far as what you don't want. And the next the next time you go to look for a job, you'll know exactly what to avoid because you'll have already experienced it. So either way, it's kind of a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. It's like you win or you learn? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. That was a great uh, little motivational bit. <laughs> Get everybody yeah. inspired. Yeah. Good at- <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, I'm curious. What do you think is one of like the biggest time wasters when studying or like learning anything? Like, mm. Especially for you. Like, what do you feel like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't have done that. wasted a lot of time. Yeah, um, well, I would say just in general, time wasters can be, it's tough. It's tough because, you know, you want a good balance. You want to take care of your own mental health and you you need to avoid what's called burnout, right? It's very Mm -hmm. real. And if you're just working nonstop, eventually you will burn yourself out, which means, you know, you'll get tired of what you're doing you won't be motivated to do it anymore um you'll just start rolling with the punches and be like whatever like okay what what do you want like you start to like get that thick skin and you, you lose your um your creativity and your and your drive and your inspiration and that kind of sparkle in your eye that's what burnout is is when you lose the sparkle <laughs> in your eye 
Um, and I want to avoid that. But in order to do so, you, it is very important to maintain your mental health and to make time to relax. So, you know, I think Lately. it's, yeah, it's, it's very important to um, make sure that uh, you don't, you know, feel guilty when you're relaxing. Um, mm-hmm. It's totally helpful to spend that time. I, I almost feel like that's that's like the definition of ADHD. It's like <laughs> yeah. mini burnouts constantly. You right. like get this huge passion for something and you yeah. just pour your soul into it for like a week yeah. and then you just can't touch it anymore <laughs> for like a month. <laughs> I mean, that that describes, I think, any artist. That certainly happened to me. Um, you know, it's, it's totally normal. Um, but yeah, one of the best ways to avoid that is to you know, get to know yourself and get to know when is work, when is, you know, when do you hit that point and when, learning how to balance that. It's tough and it's different for everybody. There's no easy answer. Um, There is obviously too much work and there's also too much relaxing and somewhere in the middle is a healthy balance and that's, you know, an ongoing learning process. Even even for me, um, everybody's got to, you know, learn how to balance that out. But knowing that, you know, there is a healthy balance and working towards it is the first step. Um, and then just as far as like art school in general, what I would consider like a waste of time, um, for me personally, like I said, I have a wide variety of interests and as an artist, I draw inspiration from a lot of different things. I'm a nerdy academic, so I kind of, I really enjoyed taking the general ed classes that I took like in my previous college in Washington and I would not consider any of that time spent, um, a waste of time. Other artists would probably disagree a lot. I hear a lot of fellow artists complaining about the general ed courses they were required to take and things. Mm -hmm. It wasn't helpful. It was a waste of time. And that's totally fine. Like, it's not for everybody. But for me, um, that stuff was really helpful and has helped me um, build life skills beyond just art. Um, It helped me build a lot of, like, public speaking skills, for example. I took a, Mm -hmm. you know, communications 101 class that really helped give me the confidence to speak in front of a big crowd. Um, I think every class, even like the dumbest class, you can find at least a little grain of something that is useful to you, but you have to think creatively as far as how you can use that in your favor. Um, at least for me, like I, I'm always looking for what's the grain of, of useful information that I can get out of this situation. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a long-winded. <laughs> answer i i know that was perfect me to think of anything as a waste of time i try to i always am trying to learn from everything so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well you see you might have had some things that were a waste of time but you found like reason actually to be honest most things you can find a reason why you did that but, like hey even like for instance playing video games your whole life like oh i wasted my time but like no i got all the stories i got the experiences i i can throw references from video games like you can find reasons to make things not a waste of time Totally. And looking back on your life, there's always going to be a lot of shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah, but of course. at the end of the day, if I had the choice to change and like live a perfect life, I wouldn't because that's impossible. Like I learned from my mistakes. I learned from those times that I wasted my time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I learned what was too much relaxation, but I also learned what was too much work, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so you learn from those times of mistakes, I guess. <laughs> oh, I agree. I, I think the thing that you will find most interesting is 
give it another two decades on the planet like I've got on you. And oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you find that, uh, that, that what's important changes as well. Mm, so yeah. when I was in my 20s, I definitely found myself just kind of randomly wandering around and just finding things that were interesting. <laughs> yeah. And and as I've gotten older, I've learned to focus more on like the specific things that I really want to specialize in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I think it's totally worth just, you know, exploring your curiosity. It's so, so much value. Every stage of life is so different, right? Like be in the stage you're in now whatever that might be, like really live it out. Like you said, you know, like totally. <laughs> Couldn't have been said better. <laughs> uh, and what did you nah, I mean, you goddamn kids, you know? <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> the old curmudgeon has to, has to kick in every now and then. <laughs> hey, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, what's it called? I had a great question, I don't remember it. But, um... <laughs> It was beautiful. Oh, well, come to me. But um, what is your typical day like? Is it just like the same thing? Wake up early, make something work, and then come home? Or? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I can give you pretty specific. Um, right now, my typical work day is um, because I my, my work is a lot of... My job, my ter- Turbo Partridge Games is mostly um, remote. Um, and most of the people, though we're, we're kind of from around the country and around the world, um, most of the people are in the East Coast. And so we kind of operate by East Coast time. So I get up pretty early in the morning just to be on time for um, our sync. And so I do that in the morning. And that's just like, it's also it also can be called a stand-up in some companies. There's probably other terms from it, for it. Mm-hmm. Scrum's but, um, another common. Scrum, yeah, totally, totally. Um, but it's just a chance everyone just kind of quickly, briefly says what they did the day before, what they're planning to do today. So it's just a, a way for everyone to kind of check in, see what we're up to, and um, uh, you know, bring up any issues if there are any before the day even begins. So we do that, um, and then um, after that, it's kind of for me, it's a kind of a time of meetings, and so there's a lot of different types of meetings that could happen in any one day it's usually just one meeting maybe two but um it could be a a meeting with the creative director um and you know that would be about um the direction of the work that we're making creatively and and, and where we're going with it um what's working what's not working um i could have a meeting with my producer um, and see if we're on track for hitting our goals and on track for hitting you know the schedule that he's lined up for us um it could be uh with the technical director if i'm trying to like kind of figure out how something is working with the animation and if we need support from them or if I just simply don't know how to do something that I, I'm trying to do. Um, and then, uh, let me see here. It's kind of like, there's a lot of it. Uh, yeah, we're talking to my technical director. Um, see if we're on track for meeting our goals. I might also meet up with the, just my animation team in general and see if everyone is like up to date um, and if anyone needs um, you know a review uh, we'll do we'll do like a group wide animation review from time to time um, and so those are kind of the general meetings that might happen in the beginning of the day and then um, after that I kind of I try to stay organized it's very important um, I'll kind of check all my emails and my notifications um, review all my tasks um, what's upcoming you know, what's on my priority for today, and then get to work. Uh, I either lay out scenes, I block in animation, maybe I'll be refining and polishing animation. And then um, 
after that and, and then just in general throughout the day I'm always trying to be available for my team if they need support from me so that's my day there's a lot of things packed in there but um yeah that's what it is that's oh, a busy day and then when you get home from work do you do any more art or are you just like now nah, we're chilling now I'm at I'm, like I said this job was remote even before okay. uh, even before this whole pandemic happened so um I'm already at home <laughs> which is nice um uh but uh yeah i think lately it's different on a day-to-day basis i'm a lot i'm not like frustrated anymore because i'm doing what i love i'm doing animation Mm -hmm. so i don't have quite the motivation that i did in the past but um i still definitely do have some motivation and um some days i will uh kind of get straight into uh, my personal project after work but some days i take some time for myself to just chillax and, and wind down from the day and recharge. So it just depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds like a busy day. Yeah. So what are you working on now? What's like your little personal project or is it a secret? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, obviously, professionally, that's a secret. Um, mm-hmm. I can't talk too much about that. Um, but uh, personally, I'm actually working on a music video. Um, me and my sister. My sister is a music producer. Um, and she's super talented and, uh, we're collaborating on a music video. So I'm making some animations for that and I'm really excited, but it's going to take a while. So (laughs) definitely, I would definitely want to see that when it comes out. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's coming along, but it's slow. (laughs) You'll get there. It takes time. Yeah. All right. Well, that that was awesome. That was a, I think we're reaching the hour mark. So what we like to do near the end is to do like a challenge for the game day TV students. So you can do any kind of challenge. It could be art related. It could be mental health related. It could be, it could be just to follow you. Whatever you feel like giving them a challenge about. That's great. I would say, I would say the same thing that I'm challenging myself with right now is um, get to know somebody with less opportunity than you, and serve them. Okay. In any way that that might be. Um, for me, like, you know, I'm, I'm just an artist. Like, that's all I can offer. But, um, you know, it's it's a win-win situation. And any time that I, in the past that I've served someone else, it's awesome because you get to help somebody. But I, I always learn so much about myself in something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I'm cha- challenging myself with right now. And I would challenge you to do the same. That's a great challenge. But no, like I think artists or anybody who creates any type of creative work is very valuable to people because it allows them to create, I guess what what people see in their imagination or allows them to like, express themselves, and then they can sometimes relate to whatever the uh, artist created and feel kind of like a connection. Like oh look look somebody understands what I'm going through in a way that I couldn't express it, but they did with their art. So it's like totally yeah. Like, so you're doing a lot of good things. Keep on <laughs> keep on helping all the uh, younger folks learn how to express themselves well with art too. Right. And I think, I think that that's a very universal thing. Everyone needs to express themselves, mm-hmm. um, but that looks different for everybody. And for artists, we need to do so creatively, and whatever that looks like for you is, is different. But, yeah. yeah. Like, one of my friends, he's a really great artist, but he even says like he feels like he deals with a lot of insecurity, and he, and he thinks a lot of his other artist friends deal with the same thing, too. Yeah. It's kind of sad, too, because like, you guys can do these amazing things, but you feel like held back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we need a lot more artists to be confident about them, kind of like you yeah. are. Where you're like, yeah, <laughs> you just have fun. Like you yeah. realize that you know you're not perfect, and 
you just do your best and, and you, you'll get better, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever. <laughs> Beautiful. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored. Of course. <laughs> and actually, we're going to hand the mic to you if you want to end it off with any shout outs, tips, inspiration, quotes, however you want to end it off. And uh, I'm glad to have you back on one at a time and talk about more of your animation stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I this is just the only thing I feel like I could talk about <laughs> that I really know well. But, yeah, the, I mean, the only thing I would say is just feel free to hit me up. You know, um, I, I would love to be an industry contact for you. Um, yeah, that's all. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all GameDev.TV courses at courses.gamedev.tv slash courses or in the show notes with a 10% discount. Get started with your game development journey today.